Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me, I'm SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual conversation with hobby and passion podcasters to share their experience, knowledge, joy, and enthusiasm of podcasting. Once this live stream is over, I'm going to take these recorded files and turn it into a podcast, as podcasters are apt to do. Better Podcasting is a project by Stephen John Drew and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their shows and make their existing podcasts better. Then that's why we call it Better Podcasting. I want to take a quick moment to thank Steve Barnes from the Sweet Child of Time podcast for joining me in the previous chat. Once again, you can check out Steve and his co-host James on Sweet Child of Time podcast at www.mlmpod.com. Now, for the next few moments, I'm going to talk about my passion, which is space. Yesterday, as I record this on Monday, December 5th, I'm going to record this on Tuesday, December 6th, but yesterday on Monday, December 5th, the Artemis 1 Orion capsule made its burn to return to Earth for a splashdown on December 11th. So far, the test mission has had a few minor issues, but overall has been successful. And as a little note, the cabin is not comprised of oxygen. Oh, no, they're testing the systems out with pure nitrogen. So nobody could have survived the trip anyway. Over on the SpaceX side of the house, following the Starship Booster 7 static test last week, SpaceX did move the booster back to the Mega Bay. Mega Bay. And continued work on adding protective partitions between the rocket engines, as well as protective cladding to the orbital launch mount itself. I'm still hoping for a launch of the Starship system sometime before the end of 2022, but I think we're looking at an early 2023 launch right now. Over in my other podcast activity on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we completed our coverage of the current MCU films Thor Love and Thunder and then Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're going to end the year covering both the Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men the Animated Series holiday specials, so look for that at legendsofshield.com. And over on the Better Podcasting main show, we did publish episode 266 about building a podcast out of a community, and you can find that at betterpodcasting.com. As a special side note this week, I did start clearing out some of my old podcasting gear from storage, and I started putting it up for sale online. So I'll be letting everyone know how that process is coming and going in the coming weeks. In case you are new to Better Podcasting Chats with SP, If you are a hobby or passion podcaster, I am interested in chatting with you. And if you want to schedule a time to chat with me about your podcasting experience and your podcast, please send me an email to stargatepioneer at betterpodcasting.com, or you can DM me on Twitter or Discord, or I'm also on Reddit, and we'll arrange a date to have you on the show, and I will send you a calendar scheduling link. In case you don't think all of this applies to you, if you're listening to this show, it probably does. I am excited to talk with you. There's only one more slot in 2022 available. Uh, After that, it is 2023. So we will see you next year, probably. For the next hour, I'm chatting with a fellow Gunna Geek Network podcaster, Jason. Jason has been podcasting for at least four years about classic and current science fiction TV shows and movies with the Smoking and Drinking in Space podcast, and has recently added a companion show, Smoking and Drinking in Capes, about superhero films and TV series. Jason's been part of three different podcast networks and has welcomed me as a guest on his show several times. Jason also has podcasted through a co-host passing away, which we will discuss later on. But for now, welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. And I love how you subtly made it. I welcomed you to the show. I didn't extort you to get you on the show. I appreciate that. Well, we're not giving away all of our secrets, right? Away, <laughs> right? You have to extort your guests to have them on. Hey, any way to grow an audience, right? Well, it's the only way I can really get you on the show. I mean, you, you definitely class up the joint and nobody wants to. Nobody wants to drop their their standards that low to come on our show. So, well, the only classing up the joint I'm doing tonight is I'm wearing a shirt with a collar. That's it. Hey, that's better than I'm doing, right? Yeah. Well, I do like your shirt, and for the listener out there, 
I just, it's a great shirt and I've worn it on podcasts myself before. And, uh, Jason, it, it, at the top, it says, dear NASA, your mom, what does the bottom half say? Uh, it says your mom thought I was big enough. And then it's signed Pluto. Ah, uh, yeah. So Pluto is a planet for old school NASA. That's a wonderful <laughs> show. I love it. Wonderful shirt. I love it. So did you listen to podcasts before you started smoking and drinking in space? I actually did for a few years before I started smoking and drinking in space. I was uh, an avid podcast consumer. I was actually listening to better podcasting before, before we started our show. And so it was, a, it was a lot of the tips and tricks that I got from better podcasting that kind of helped me get up to speed a lot quicker than probably what I would have otherwise. That's great to hear that we actually had an impact on somebody. So thank you very much for that. We'll get more into that later. But so you were listening to podcasts, but what inspired you and your first co-host to pull the trigger and start that first podcast? <laughs> so I was bored. <laughs> I needed a <laughs> hobby. <laughs> it seemed like something that would be kind of fun for us to do just to mess around and have fun with. I, I didn't expect anything big to come out of it. It was just something to do with red for a few hours a week. And I was interested in the kind of technical backend side too. No longer interested with that anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> at the time I was really interested to learn how to, uh, to do production and editing and things like that. So I kind of took over that, that end. And then red joined me on the, the actual production part, you know, making the shows and yeah, we just had fun. So smoking and drinking in space. Tell me what's that all about? Okay. So this actually smoking and drinking in space, actually the idea started as more of a web comic. So about five, six years before we started the show, we were actually kicking around the idea of doing like a, a screen cap comic that involved Battlestar Galactica because Around that time, and, and even you know several years before, I guess since a, around the well, Blade Runner really started it. Blade Runner really started the whole really dark, gritty kind of sci-fi genre, where everybody's really angsty and always smoking and always drinking like hard liquor. So it's it's almost like a a, a pulp noir movie that's mixed in with sci-fi right and so we were going to make fun of that through a web comic utilizing the new battlestar galactica series and we were going to call it smoking and drinking in space because that's basically all they do they smoke and they drink in space we got a few comics put together and then we got busy doing other things and we put that on the back burner and then whenever I started up with this uh, podcast idea. We kind of gravitated towards making it a sci-fi podcast. And we were like, well, why don't we just, you know, utilize smoking and drinking in space as the title. We're pretty much going to be talking about that stuff anyway. We decided to do the first season of Battlestar Galactica as our opener. And so we did the entire first season of Battlestar Galactica for like our first 15 episodes. And that's where Satis got its start. Exciting stuff. So you listen to better podcasting. You were listening to other podcasts. You decided to do this podcast out of this web comic. Did you just learn how to podcast with better podcasting or were there other avenues for you to learn before you started? Yeah. So I did a lot of looking up on the web too. So it was better podcasting, looking up on the web. Now I had been listening to better podcasting for long and I hadn't gone through a lot of the backlog and so i didn't realize that me getting a a blue snowball was probably not the greatest choice <laughs> for a starting mic i made it work and the, the episodes i don't think sounded too bad but yeah it was a lot more work than what it needed to be to get that to sound good to isolate the background noise that was a pain but i did learn a lot about noise suppression noise isolation things like that by utilizing that, that condenser mic. But yeah, so a lot of, uh, because Blue Yeti, Blue Snowball were definitely the microphones that were being recommended back then on just about every website when you typed in, what mic should I get for a podcast? Yeah. So 
just a crazy artifact of affiliate links, basically, because it was USB, so it was easy. So mm -hmm. th there you go. It was easy. And then they all had affiliate links that uh, podcast consultants and articles and whatever can throw in and say, hey, look, I have this microphone and it'll sound great. Microphones aren't bad. They're not great for doing what you were doing. Right. Because you were probably recording, I'm just guessing, with Red in person. No, no, we were recording remotely. Oh, okay. So you were still probably in an untreated space. Yes, definitely an untreated space. So you learn really quickly uh, how to try to mitigate that and then how to post-produce that. And then after a while, it's like, well, maybe, maybe getting into dynamic microphone is going to help. Yeah, yeah. The, the dynamic microphone definitely helped with canceling out the echo and the reverb that I, I would get in my office because I was, I was in Austin at the time. And so my office was a little, little smaller than what I have here, but it was, it was definitely untreated. And so there was a there was a slight echo figuring out how to get rid of that and figuring out how to get rid of all the other background noise. So my computer wasn't right next to my microphone, but it was close enough that I could hear the fan noise yeah. from the computer. <laughs> and that's even with the gain really low on that microphone. It just picked up everything, which is what you would expect from a, a condenser mic, right? Even a dynamic microphone is going to pick up fan noise. Like I've got a co-host right now on, on uh, Legends of Shield who has his gaming PC right next to his microphone up on the desk. And with all those fans running, it just sounds like a wind tunnel. So he uses the NVIDIA broadcaster software to try to make it sound better and get all that out, which is feasible. He's doing it, but it would probably sound better if he had the computer on the floor. And I asked him, well, why don't you just put the computer on the floor? He said, well, I have cats. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. And apparently cats like to chew the cords. Well, not only that, but you have all that, you know, cat hair and that pet dander that you have to worry about that gets sucked into the computer. And so you're cleaning, blowing that out like every other month or so. Yeah, it gets nasty in there. Yeah. So, yeah, you can even run into that with a dynamic microphone, but. With the condenser, you're definitely going to be running into it because they're just good microphones. I'm not going to ever say that they're bad microphones unless, you know, it's a bad capsule and their frequency response is crap. But generally, they're good microphones. And they're good to the point where they're just going to pick up everything. Yep. And for a podcaster, you don't want that. You just want the voice. Yeah. Generally. Sometimes you want ambience, but I don't. So you started what? Uh, 2018? 2018, yeah. 2018. So about a year in, you had quite the event occur with your show. Yeah, yeah. So it was right around episode 50. So we were about to celebrate our first year of doing the show. And it was so the last episode that we were able to do together, Red and I, was the Buckaroo Bonsai episode. And that episode was was kind of weird because... After the episode, he he apologized to me and said, "I'm I'm sorry. I just I can't. I am not feeling really well, and I just could not bring the energy to this this show." And I was like, "Well, you're you're fine. I mean, I figured you would be a little more animated with this with this show, but I mean, I think it it turned out fine, and I didn't think anything of it. And then it was just a few days later, he ended up in the hospital. He was in a coma." Shortly after he got into the, the hospital, they induced him into a coma because he had sepsis and he just, he never recovered from that. So, yeah. Yeah. Red passed shortly after that episode was recorded. It was, it was pretty tough. And he wasn't just your co-host. He was your longtime friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had known each other for like close to 25 years at that point. So we'd, we'd known each other for a long, long time. He was, he was like a brother to me. You guys had great rapport on the microphone and you knew each other's history. So you kind of already knew where you differed and where you were the same on stuff. So oh, yeah. it made a great entertaining show basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. It was hard getting back to the show after he left. It was, uh, but it was, it was something that he wouldn't have wanted me to stop doing because he knew that I enjoyed it. I knew that he really enjoyed doing it. And I don't think I was ready to let him go. I don't think I was ready to let 
go of the show because I wasn't ready to let go of him at that point. So uh, you obviously did take some time off. I didn't take long. <laughs> I think I took maybe a week off. Okay. And then you came back and you invited other guest hosts on the show from the network that you were on. Yeah. In fact, no, I didn't take any time off because, well, I took a week off, but that was because of a technical issue. So I went up to see Red whenever he, whenever he went to the hospital, but I, but I brought my podcasting gear with me and I was going to Rob, which is the current guest or the current co-host that I have right now. He was going to fill in and we were doing Demolition Man. So I bring all my, or I bring my laptop, I bring a headset. It's just a, a quick and, and easy kind of podcast setup that I had set up. I was just going to use Audacity to record. We were going to, we still were using TeamSpeak at that time to communicate with each other. And what happened was somehow the microphone on my headset got turned to eight kilohertz. Ooh. So when I recorded, it recorded at a really low, low bandwidth or really low bit rate band rate. And so then whenever I put it in to do my editing and it went back to the 48 K, it sounded like a chipmunk. I was really, really high and, and talking. It, it, it sounded awful. And so I figured out what happened. I tried to do the conversion, but the conversion made it sound like you know, trash because it just wasn't recording enough data to be able to, to convert it that, to that high. And so we ended up having to re-record Demolition Man like the next week. And so there was a week delay. But other than that, I didn't really take much time off. I was with uh, Earglue Media at the time. So we had just joined Earglue Media when Red passed. In fact, I don't think we had recorded an official episode with Earglue Media yet before he had passed. We had just started, and our start date was actually after he had gotten into the hospital. So, but. A lot of the co-hosts, you, or a lot of the a lot of the other podcast hosts on Earglue Media, you, and several others, kind of filled in the gap while Red was in the hospital. We were hoping that he was going to recover. Uh, it didn't end up happening, and so I had several several guest hosts, or I want to say around four, maybe five episodes. Uh, after he went into the hospital. And then after he passed away, you actually honored Red with a special episode. I did. I did. So that was, was that episode 52? No, episode 52, I think it was Space Camp. Wow, you remember that. I think it was episode 53, by the way, that you're looking for. Yeah, it may have been episode 53. It was right around there. It was right around that one-year mark. But yeah, so I got a bunch of, or I, I did a, I did a few interviews with some people who had actually interacted with Red and talked with Red, and a couple of interviews with people who had just heard Red and listened to the show, and put those together as as kind of a memorial or a tribute, and I was trying to kind of use that as as a closure to kind of help me get over what am I going to do with the show. Now that Red's gone, and am I going to continue the show? It was, I guess, part of the healing process for me, saying goodbye to to something that we were we had been doing for almost a year at that point, and had really been had really been enjoying it. It was really hard. So yeah, I think I used that as as kind of a a little bit of the healing process to let go. I mean, it was still, it was still a long time after that before I really, really got over it. But I think that did help me figure out if I wanted to continue continue the show or not. Was there anything else that helped you along the way, or was it simply the process of doing the podcast, which you guys used to do, and in that special episode? I think really that 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 special episode 
Because I had to, I I dug through a lot of our previous episodes to to pull up tidbits that people had mentioned, and so I really ended up listening to not only the the finished shows but a lot of the raw, uh, some of the outtakes and stuff, a lot of the raw footage that got cut out to grab things that people were talking about, and I mean. It took me over the course of four or five days. It probably took me 20 hours or more to actually edit that show because I would get to a point where I just had to stop. Just couldn't do it anymore. It was so emotionally draining and I was, I was grieving so hard that, I mean, at certain points I would be editing and I would just break down and I would have to stop for a day or so before I could take it up again so it took a while so yeah i think that i think editing that show helped me quite a bit in coming to terms with the fact that i would never see red again so and that was 2019 and so that yep. was definitely pre-pandemic red yep. did not have to experience the pandemic no and i guess something else that's kind of special is you have not done a show without red on the show to my knowledge right no there are a few episodes that do not actually have red on them okay we so i I know what you're talking about so when we we started the pod crawl i think it was around episode seven and then i i spliced the or i i put together the pod crawl intro shortly after that. And so for every pod crawl that we've done, we've done the, the reds pod crawl intro. There was probably three or four episodes worth that I dropped the pod crawl. I was just sick of doing it, sick of (laughs) writing that up every week and getting it either reading it or getting it digitized. I can't even remember if I was, I was digitizing at that point. Um, I was just sick of doing it. I was sick of writing, writing the pod crawl. And so I, I dumped it and then I started getting a lot of feedback. Where's the pod crawl? What'd you do with the pod crawl? Why is the pod crawl gone? So I was like, crap, <laughs> I guess I have to pull the prod crawl back. So there are a few episodes that, that reds uh, pod crawl intro isn't on, but yeah. But for the, for the vast, vast majority of the episodes, yeah, Reds and everyone. So the pod crawl is basically your synopsis of whatever you're watching. You go ahead and you write it, and then you have a digital voice read it, narrate it, and then you put some jazzy music behind it. So it's driving it all the way through. And at the very beginning, you have Red announcing it's time for the pod crawl. So it's the whole segment that you do in a lot of the shows. Would that be an accurate? assessment an accurate statement of what it is yeah yeah so (laughs) the pod crawl actually it started out as a challenge from red so i would i would take in the in the early days when i was uh when we were doing battlestar galactica i would take these these short notes just to spark my memory of of what i wanted to discuss during the show and we were discussing the notes one day and i was reading them to him and he was like you know i bet you can't read through all your notes in under 60 seconds i was like challenge accepted so we did it on the show and i would end up tripping over my own tongue trying to speak too fast because i don't speak really quickly and so i would try to speed it up i would trip over my own tongue and it it just turned into kind of this this stupid little funny thing well i started trying to create a story or or flesh out the notes a little bit more to make it more of a summary and so it evolved and evolved into the pod crawl that actually became this hopefully funny summary of the show or episode or movie that we were talking about. Well, I got sick of reading it every episode. So I was like, well, why don't I just have technology do it for me? And about that time, Google's WaveNet had gotten sophisticated enough that it didn't sound like a robot was reading something. Now. Google's WaveNet did not have a forward-facing user interface beyond just their tech demo that was on their website. So I had to build this HTML front end to patch into the API on the back end 
to utilize WaveNet. But I got it built. I digitized the voices. It worked out for a while. And then they did something that irked me. They made some changes to their API and it broke my interface or something happened. They did they made a change to WaveNet and I got frustrated. And so then I moved over to Microsoft's Azure speech engine. And it sounded so much better. And they had a better interface than what I had built. And it was so much more configurable. They had so many more voices. And so it, I've been using Azure for close to the last two years, at least. Tell me you're a tech guy without telling me you're a tech guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was that f- uh, segment that kept on going. Did you change any of your other format after you lost Red? Yeah. So. Shortly after I lost Red, I brought on Rob as a permanent co-host, and we brought in a third co-host, James, and so it was a, tr- a, a, a trio. Eventually, we evolved into a few different segments towards the end of the show, so we'd always had the, the awards section. Well, not always. We kind of developed that in the first like 10 episodes of the show. But we'd always had the, after that first 10 episodes, we'd already always had the awards segment at the end of the show. But I wanted to give Rob and, and James some part of the show that they could call their own and, and do what they want. And James was always so critical of any sci-fi that just wasn't hard, hard space or, you know, robots or it just wasn't hardcore sci-fi. If it wasn't hardcore sci-fi, he didn't consider it sci-fi. And one of the things that he really, really didn't consider sci-fi was the series 11-22-63. And so the running joke was, is this movie or TV show more sci-fi than 11-22-63? And we ended up uh, turning that into a segment at the end of the show. The other one is Rob's haiku, which we still do to this day. So we told Rob that he had to start writing haikus because we figured that, you know, Rob doesn't know how to read. Uh, if it doesn't have <laughs> pictures, he, he can't understand it. And we figured, well, not only would we make him write a poem, but would make him write a poem that has very rigid requirements of five syllables for the first stanza, seven syllables for the second stanza, and five syllables for the third. And just watch him, you know, chase his tail. And he actually ended up being pretty good, good with it. He's actually written some really, really funny haikus. And I think we've only caught him once or twice breaking the rules. Yeah, that's not bad over a course of 150 episodes or so. Yeah, yeah. So you now have the three co-hosts and eventually one decided to leave the show. But you yep. were having co-hosts again. How did you record the show? I think it's the same today as it was back then. It's similar. So the technology has definitely changed. Back in the day, so Red and I, Red, Rob, and I have been playing games on the weekends for a long, long time. Close to 20 years at this point, Rob and I and Red. So we used to utilize TeamSpeak for our voice chat. And so when Red and I started doing the podcast, we, you know, naturally started utilizing TeamSpeak. Well, TeamSpeak doesn't have a recording function. So, and we we weren't into this enough to understand what a double header recording was. So we didn't do like local recordings in the beginning. So I had to go through and search for a solution that would somehow record his voice on a different track than my voice because I didn't want to try and edit a single feed, a single track with both voices. I wanted the multi-track feed. So I ended up with Voice Meter Banana, and that worked out okay, but it liked to crash a lot. Yes, it did. I don't know if it's the buffer that fills up and, and causes a crash or if it's got some sort of memory leak or had a memory leak back then, but it work, it would work great. And then red would start sounding like a robot and I would be like, 
oh darn, <laughs> here we go, and then it would crash. We utilized that for a while. Then we learned the magic of a double ender. So then we started having everybody record their own tracks, and we, we did that for a while. And we still do that to this day, and I, I utilizes, utilize everybody's recorded tracks. But I would also record as a backup a single track with everybody's voices on it. And I've had to use that a couple times, and that's a huge pain. But it's saved me a few times. Yeah. Fun fact, I actually had to do that last episode, yeah. where my Roadcaster Pro 2... I didn't know how much space was left on the SD card. It said eight hours. So we start recording. I made it an hour and a half in to my recording, which included the pre-show. So it was about, I don't know, an hour or so into the recording because we went about an hour, 20 minutes. And then it stopped recording. And so I had to depend on the single track that was recorded online for the remaining 16 minutes or so. So it does happen. I deal with it. And no, it's not as good. but you know, you deal with it. Any audio is good audio when you have right. no audio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had, fortunately I haven't had to deal with it that often. Uh, most of the time uh, everything comes out. Okay. And today I have the OG roadcaster pro. And so I typically use that as my backup now where it will record mine on a separate track and then everything coming in on another track so only have to deal with two or however many voices are on the other end plus mine's on a separate track yeah i will add in i can do a additional soundboard so like with your pod crawl i could load that up to one of the sound pads on the roadcaster pro 2 i have my ipad mini with the backpack studio app on it so i could use that as well and uh, I believe, oh, I could do the Bluetooth connection to my iPad and get that as well. So I have three different ways that I could use a sound pad. Unfortunately, with the Roadcaster Pro 2, it doesn't matter how many tracks you record, it records all of them. There's no way that I know of to turn anything off, which I, I get why it's kind of dummy proof that way. Like if you forget to record a track, at least it's recording all the tracks, but it just fills up the memory cards pretty fast. So that's one issue I have with it. But other than that, I'm, I enjoy it quite a bit. It replaced my, all my other gear and I've been happily using it for a couple of months. I will take the hit because it was me trying to figure out how much time that I had left on the card. I will take the hit of the eight hours really being an hour and a half. Right. But I think that must be due to like the format that I choose to record in, which is, you know, the, the good wave format, lossless format, but I don't know something like that. So you connect now over Discord. You don't use TeamSpeak anymore. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been connecting over Discord for the last few years now. There was a time where we were using a, a Discord bot called Craig to kind of use as a backup recording, and that recorded everybody's tracks on a separate track. The sound quality wasn't the greatest, but it was fine for what it was, and good enough for a backup so and so just for the record because you know better podcasting fans you know want to know what are you using audio wise to record your podcast what's your microphone you're going through the roadcaster pro but what else are you using oh yeah so i'm using a an re320 that's the microphone that i've been using for the last few years now before that i was using a really really cheap microphone that i got three of for like 40 bucks. The Behringer XM1800S, probably? I don't even think it was that okay. Uh, that good. I think it was the XS13 something or other. Yeah. Mm. So it wasn't a USB mic. It was still a XLR mic. But yeah, it was, it was super cheap. I mean, it, it worked. It was my first foray into the dynamic mics, and I didn't want to spend a ton of money. And I got three of them for 40 bucks. So I figured, what the heck? And then I, I splurged and got the 320. So, yeah, it's just the 320 into the road. I used to use a Behringer interface, but I went ahead and, and got the road year, year and a half ago, somewhere around there. You have a pretty common complaint with the Roadcaster Pro OG is the if you wanted to use a DAW to record multi track, you would have to go through 
some drivers, and the drivers that are available for the Roadcaster Pro OG are not good. No, they're not. So, yeah, you have to use ASIO drivers to split out that multi-track, and the Rode ASIO drivers, they turn my sound into crap. So I'm, I'm, I'm using ASIO for all, ASIO for all, those drivers, and they work much, much better. And I don't understand why Rhodes native drivers are not working as good as the ASIO for all drivers. I don't know. And I have not tried it with the Rodecaster Pro 2. So that's something that I need to try at one point is put up a DAW, record into it multi-track and just try it out. I have not done that yet. I know a lot of people have. I just, I don't record that way. So I need to stretch, become uncomfortable and record that way so I can report back. But we'll see when that's going to be. So thinking back to 2018, you know, young you, way before kids and marriage and, you know, caught your college age, right? (laughs) (laughs) You were listening to Better Podcasting. You were listening to podcasts. You started your podcast. If you could go back, if you could, you know, use one of Rob's time machines, because his co-host Rob likes time travel. So if you use one of the time machines, go back to 2018, what would you told yourself before you started your show? one thing that would have made everything easier oh man i yeah i i I don't know i mean i've I've learned so much but it's all been just so incremental i mean it's i i never really had a, a huge epiphany moment in any of this uh in any of this journey so it would not be, I would not listen to better podcasting. It would not no, be, no, 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 no. I would not record with Rob. It, it would not be. It would probably be, you know, get pictures of SP much quicker than what we I did. See. Yeah. See. So you could so, blackmail me earlier. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, I think that's an important point that you learn incrementally as you podcast. That's something we talk about on better podcasting and something that I have seen not only myself but other podcasters that as you go along if you want to even minorly improve your podcast over time like every three months or so you're going to try something maybe it's going to work maybe it's not going to work but over four years let's say half of them work every three months so that's four changes a year so that's eight total changes that you're going to make in those four years that's going to change your podcast from the get-go that could small could improve your podcast in small ways but over the course of those four years, those eight things actually pile up to be a big thing. And you just can't point to one singular thing as you go along. I'd say the same thing. I mean, we've been doing gear episodes on better podcasting since we started in 2015. And it just shows how our podcast setups have changed since Stephen and I have started. And we both started with minimal gear and we're at larger, but sustainable hobbyist studios now. And we didn't get there overnight. Yeah. We, it, long time to get where we're at today so those incremental changes in both gear and your format and how you podcast how you promote who you podcast with your experience on the microphone everything like that it just changes small steps over time i I think you would agree with that yeah yeah and there's still some aspects of this that i absolutely suck at and yeah i can hear rob saying all of it at this point and (laughs) yeah uh you guys have an interesting relationship it's it, you're, you're friends it's collegial but you you dig at each other a little bit a lot yeah. yeah but um yeah so promotion and marketing of the show i suck at that so much i am just not a salesman and i never have been it's just something i don't do i don't enjoy doing so it's not something that i've really focused on or or even yeah tried to to really understand and, and, and dig into and, and figure out. So that's one area that I just absolutely suck at. I've gotten okay on the editing side. I, I hate editing at this point. It's just really absolutely hate editing, but I still do it. And yeah, I, I I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm almost ready to start experimenting with mics again to see if I can get like a, a different sound or more rich, a richer sound than what I have to, I have to do some equalization stuff to get a, a, a deep, rich sound out of this mic and wondering if I could get it natively using another mic. So, well, the great thing is that just since you started podcasting, there has been a plethora of microphones yeah. that are really meant for streamers and podcasters that have come on the market that did not exist when I first started podcasting and did not exist when you first started podcasting. That's just a couple of years ago. 
Ethos has some microphones right there. And the it's been around, but the RE20 is a mainstay as well. There's just a ton. Like Samsung's got a couple of good new microphones. So yeah, a lot of, of new microphones. And I would like to start experimenting, but I decided to redo my entire podcast setup except for the microphone this year. So <laughs> that was an interesting choice that I made. It's interesting that you brought up promotion. And I was going to ask you about that, but I decided not to because I kind of know that you don't promote or you don't, you're not very much active on it. And that got me thinking though, has your goals changed from when you started the podcast to doing your podcast today? Have the goals changed at all or have they stayed the same? They've pretty much stayed the same. So like I said, Red and I just got into this as a lark. We didn't expect to become world famous or famous or, or even, you know, get more than a couple of hobos uh, listening to the show at a single time. It was just something that we wanted to do just to see if we could do it. I wanted to kind of learn some of the, the technical ins and outs of it. I wanted to, uh, something to do, you know, as a, as a distant hobby that we could do together with red. It was, it was just something fun that we wanted to do. And it, I, think it's still something fun that I, I, I want to do, and I'm just doing it with Rob now. We did kind of try and take it a little more seriously, so we we did start up a, a co-op thing for uh, about a year and a half that we recently just spun down, but that was that was an interesting learning learning experience in and of itself. But yeah, f- as far as the show goes, it's just just for kicks yeah interesting that you brought that up so you had the first network that you're in the your glue media network then you had the co-op which loosely was a network and now you're part of the get a geek network do you like being part of a group part of a collective a network yeah yeah i like the the sense of community for with people that are doing the the same thing or similar things than you so yeah, that's that's why we wanted to to get back into a network once uh, CBC wound down. But yeah, so yeah, I do <laughs> I do enjoy pe- being part of the community, and we we've been part of the Gunnick community as as kind of fans before before, and so uh, it seemed it seemed like a good fit to to try and join the network after our spun down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're glad to have you as part of the network. I love having a sci-fi show. And I mentioned it at the top of the show. We haven't talked about it at all. But you do have what I called a companion show. You probably call it something different. And it's Smoking and Drinking in Capes. And it was simply made to expand the shows that you could cover, the topics that you could cover into the superhero realm or superpowered being realm versus the sci-fi realm, right? Yeah. So when when we started Satis... Red and I decided because superheroes is kind of a subgenre of sci-fi, it would qualify to be talked about on the show. But superhero movies had blown up or started blowing up around the time that we had started the show. And we didn't want to cover a bunch of superhero movies. So we excluded superhero movies from the great big list of sci-fi titles. Well, when James and Rob were just starting and 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 getting acclimated to the show they wanted to do movies like Guardians of the Galaxy which is definitely a sci-fi movie but it's also superhero so it's excluded and we went round and round and round on this and so eventually i said fine if y'all want to do uh superhero movies and that are that are sci-fi well then just start a, a superhero show and so we Kicked around the the idea of of starting a, a another show that was like smoking and drinking in space, but with superheroes, and we made Rob host it <laughs> because we were <laughs> we were all too busy to to devote time to hosting it, uh, and Rob needed to learn how to edit too. So we made Rob host and edit. Nice. So now you have two podcasts, but it's really just one podcast because you record every other week. So it's not any additional burden to you. Matter of fact, it's a little less burden to you because Rob does edit half the shows. Yeah. So when we started, we were doing both shows each week and that got to where it wasn't sustainable. I got too busy 
So my free time evaporated about two years ago and James's free time was running thin. And yeah, so, and, and even Rob was, was kind of struggling to keep up with the schedule that we had with both Satis and Satic. So we did, we, we made the decision to go ahead and just uh, shift the shows bi-weekly and they just basically flip back and forth and it's, it's been sustainable. So yeah, doing two shows a week with just the small amount of free time that we have at this point is just not sustainable. Yeah. It gets me back to one of my golden rules, of hobby podcast. Don't do more than two shows a week because you're going to run short on time eventually. So yeah, you kind of prove that just by doing two shows a week. So in general, you've been strict hobby podcaster for four years now, but you've been paying attention to the industry through better podcasting, if anything else. So is there anything with the industry itself, with the infrastructure of podcasting that you can point to and go, I wish that was different? I mean, podcast hosting is one. There's just so many variations in podcast hosting. And... I don't think the competition in podcast hosts is really driven prices to where they really should be. So competition is supposed to drive prices down. I haven't seen a whole lot of competitive pricing in podcast hosts. You've got some cheaper podcast hosts out there, but they typically offer you many fewer services than their competitors that are a little bit more. Or you've got podcast hosts out there that uh, offer you fewer services for the same amount of money as hosts that offer you better services. So, I, And the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm looking for uh, alternative hosts so I can consolidate. But I think that's one. I think the – so it, it's nice to see podcast-specific equipment out there. It's – not real nice to see that only one or maybe two manufacturers are putting this equipment out just for the simple fact that, again, competition brings prices down. And even the Roadcaster Pro had been out for at least a year and a half, I want to say close to two years when I got it. And it was still retail $600. And the Roadcaster Pro 2 is even more and they dumped support for the, the OG Procaster or Rovecaster Pro whenever they released the second one. So I think that since they've got this almost monopoly on the market of people that are wanting podcast equipment, they don't really have to cater to their customers to keep customers or bring in new customers. That's the crux of the podcast hardware industry in a nutshell, is that you take a look at where all these companies originated from and servicing the music industry. So they've all got the background in, in the big mixers and the guitar amps and yeah. stuff like that. Very few are in the broadcasting or streaming, but they recognize that there is a smaller market for that. So they put a little brain power to that and throw a few products at that. One thing that I dislike a lot about a lot of the streaming products out there is that it doesn't have any record capability it's all like out there let's just get it streaming out there and i think for podcasters the audio is more precious than that and they should have some record capability on board does it have to be as robust as it is with the roadcaster pro roadcaster pro 2 no but it'd be nice to have something i like multi-track Zoom is out there and has been out there for a long time. It's just not as stream-friendly as the Rodecaster family. And then you have Tascam as well. Unfortunately, if I had to compare the Tascam head-to-head with the Rodecaster, Tascam's not there yet. But we're still young in the whole technology development. And I think between the three of those companies, we're going to get something eventually that is better than what we have today. I think the Roadcaster Pro 2 is better than the original Roadcaster. I think the Zoom products today are better than the Zoom products than were 10 years ago. It's just been an almost agonizingly slow improvement. I think it's because of the market, because the market isn't, even though the market is bigger today than it was 10 years ago, it's still small in comparison to the music market. Right. So what we have, I'm very thankful for. I would want more, 
but I recognize that there are limitations as to how much development money and time that these companies can put into this, where they also have the music industry that they have to service as well as now the streaming market. And I honestly don't know if the streaming market is bigger than the podcasting market in terms of gear. I I just, I don't know that, but those would be issues there. And as far as the podcast media hosts, I mean, I've gone into that on length on the main better podcasting show and this before, but in a nutshell, if you're just listening to this and you're new to the show, welcome to better podcasting chats with SP, but also the podcast media host infrastructure it's there's no real one is better than the other it really depends on what you want out of it because you said it jason that one will offer different things than another and they're offering all these services for about the same money so you just have to find the one that offers what you want that's better for you than another so i can't say that transistor is better than captivate that's better than Squadcast. That's better than Zencaster. I can't say that. It just depends on what you want from the podcast media host. Uh, I can say, you know, some broad things. If you care about the stats, you want them to be IAB certified or accredited. You want to be able to have a good file that's served, but most of them do that. You know, some of them change the file type or reformat it or whatever. But if you want the same file to be served as you upload, I mean, there's podcast media hosts that do that over others. And if you want uh, media hosts that will do multiple RSS feeds, there's some that do that and there's some that don't, but you're all paying for it in the end. You're paying for it with limitations or you're paying for it with reduced services or something like that. Anyway, let's talk about smoking and drinking in space, or I'll even open it up to smoking and drinking in capes. You've been doing it for four years now. You've been doing it with a variety of different hosts and and co-hosts and guest hosts. What is one, and it doesn't have to be your favorite, but what is one favorite moment that you've had over the past four years? Oh, wow. So there's been a ton. I remember the... So the first movie, so after we finished the Battlestar Galactica series, which was the 15th, uh, the, the first 15 episodes, the first movie that we did after Battlestar Galactica was Battle, Battle for the Planet, Battle of the Planets. It was that really, really bad Star Wars ripoff movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the next movie that we did after that, was the final countdown. And I remember whenever we picked it <laughs> off the list, Red was so excited because that's like one of his favorite movies. He was so excited. That was actually a really, really awesome moment was was hearing his excitement whenever I, I announced it was the final countdown. So that's one of them. There's, there's a lot. There's... Uh, and my memory isn't just super great, so I'm having to kind of dig back and remember. It's really cool that you made you guys are podcasting to have fun and yeah. just as a hobby, and that's a memory that you have of Red really enjoying the fact of the subject matter that you decided to cover. That's yeah. a win in my book. Yeah, yeah that that was that's that's been one of the the best moments. I really enjoyed doing the first episode of Sadic too. So we, the the first episode of Sadic that we did was Snyder, the Snyder cut of 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 the Justice League. Ugh. What you didn't like the Snyder cut? Well, I mean, you have to watch it for what it is. It's an unfinished movie with a lot of scenes that should have been deleted out of it. But yeah, for for the actual story that you get out of it, it's okay. You just have to sift through a lot to get the okay story. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Snyder cut a lot more than the the actual Whedon cut. So yeah, I, I thought it told a, a more coherent story. Now, black and white was a bold move or a bold choice, and it was lengthy. <laughs> we'll give it that four hours. Yeah. So, but I thought it I thought it told told a pretty good story, and it is a, a definitely a polarizing film. But we had a lot of fun with that. And we actually 
can't remember. I think we picked that on purpose because I think it had just come out and we had been talking about it for a while. And when we decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on Sadik, we decided that that was going to be the first one that we covered. Okay. We'll get a little edgy out of the gate and firmly plant your flag in the ground. If this is what we're going to cover and this is what we are. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, we've had Liberty Dude in the chat the entire time, and he's asked us some questions, but I'm going to throw some of his comments up on the screen first to start off. And this was at the beginning of the show when we mentioned smoking and drinking in space. He called it drunk space alien cigars. (laughs) Okay, that works. And then he also agrees with me. Pluto will always be a planet. Well, it doesn't fit the definition of a planet anymore, though, does it? Well, no, not technically it doesn't, but. Yeah, it's always a planet in my book. And then he also had a question. He said, SP, after recording on the Roadcaster Pro 2, do you delete the unused tracks before recording the next show? And Jason, since you use a Roadcaster Pro OG, how do you handle the recording? So I record until the SD card gets almost all the way full, and then I'll pull that SD card. And I basically got three SD cards in rotation in case I need to go back and, and pull any recordings. And so whenever I rotate through to the third one, I'll format it and then start anew. So I've got three in rotation and I format them as needed. All right. Well, I just buy a new one. So on the screen, I'm showing one and I, the one writing is probably not there. And uh, this stents I just got at uh, the beginning of the summer, so about six months now. That's number two. And, uh, oh, here we go. Here's, here's number three. These are Samsung 256-gigabyte mini SD cards that are in the uh, larger conversion sleeve. And then it's not labeled, but I have number four that's actually in the machine right now. And uh, I just keep them as a additional backup for the raw audio, I realized that these aren't the best for long-term storage and that they degrade over time, but on the off chance that I need them, they're there. So I don't delete them before I do the next show. I could, I don't, I just keep storing the cards. And there has been times where I'm six, nine, 12, maybe even 24 months later, and I have to go back to the original audio. And for some reason, it's not on my computer, which never happens because I have that all backed up. Right. But there have been times where I've had to go back to the cards and get some of the original files off. And I've used those. So it served its purpose. And at the low cost of $20 for every two months, it's fine for me. I, I can spend that much. I, I realize it's a lot of money for some people spend 20 bucks every two months just on SD cards. But that's what I do. And um, when it starts to get halfway through, because I can see the fill line on it, I'll just order another card from Amazon. And I realize that Amazon is not exactly the most reputable place to get SD cards because I just learned there's a lot of fake SD cards being sold on Amazon, but I haven't had any of those. They've all been true. So I'll just have to reevaluate my source next time. But that was a good question, Liberty Dude. Also, he said, do either of you two have a preset EQ for your mic track or do EQ your track each recording? So what do you do, Jason? So whenever I do my editing, my pros production, I have an EQ setting that I have for, I have an EQ setting for me. I have an EQ setting for Rob. And then I might tweak an EQ, a preset EQ for any guest host that I may have if I think it needs it. Yeah, same here. I will do an EQ on any guest that I think needs it, but for the large part, most of the EQs are okay right out of the gate. I mean, I guess I do some EQing with how the master compeller is set up on the Roadcaster Pro 2 already, so I just use that, but I do take out the low, low end. I use a high, what is that, a high band filter to take out any low rumbling on the microphone because while I listen to this in my car, uh, I listen to all podcasts in my car. And if I'm listening to some, I've got a really good sound system in my car, which in car terms means it's got a lot of bass. Mm-hmm. So if I'm listening to it in the car and I'm hearing all this bass and it's garbling up my voice or my co-host voice, or guest host voice or something like that, I think it's a bad thing. So I do throw that high pass band filter on to reduce anything like under 150 Hertz, basically. 
so that it won't be rumbling in cars with a lot of subwoofer in it predominantly or in heck if it's attached to if you're cleaning in the house or whatever and it's attached to your home you know using bluetooth to go through your home entertainment system or something like that it doesn't blow out the bass speakers as some like sporting events can do because yeah. you know those announcers can get a lot of bassy when they're have all the crowd noise behind them and they're right up on that microphone they're talking stuff like that so yeah i do that but i don't do a lot of fine tuning with the eq liberty dude because i just don't find that necessary for what i do i don't know liberty dude if you have suggestions on what is missing or what i can gain i would love to hear them and also liberty dude had one final question here he said as a hobby podcaster, how important do you find having a podcast hosting service stats must have okay, uh, versus okay, but not required? So Jason, from your perspective, since you're not entirely wanting, you know, your goal of your show, I wouldn't say want, but your goal of your show is not to necessarily grow. What do you think of podcast stats? I would be into the okay, but well, I think some statistics are a must have. So. Definitely downloads, general download statistics, but breaking it down by like country or state or time of day, things like that. I don't think those are, are required in my use case. Yeah. For me, just general downloads per day works. I have gone in and I aggregate after a few months and I'll go in and I'll look, okay, it is, uh, uh where in the world am I being heard? Basically, is it growing anywhere? In particular, and for that, it's kind of necessary to have IAB certified statistics because then you know that they're they're the good stats. You know, some things can get in under the certification and under their whitelisting and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know that it's true. So if you're growing in a country like France or Venezuela or India or something like that, you'd want to know. If it's like all of a sudden you're number two market and you're like, gee, I didn't, I didn't ever know that. Maybe I need to say hi to the guys out in India or something like that. So I think that's okay to have. I could do without it because I'm not really, I'm not monetizing my show. I don't need to grow it. I mean, I'd like for my shows to grow just because of the reach specifically with better podcasting. We're trying to help people. So the more people it can get out to the better. The caveat is we're not looking to service all podcasters, although all podcasters can benefit from better podcasting. We're looking specifically at the niche of hobby podcasters, help them make their show better. So if I can get it to more of those people, that'd be great. But I don't think better stats necessarily is going to help that. So right. I'd be interested to hear from our listeners if they really think that having defined statistics are good for you. Now, I'm in a lot of podcasting communities, Jason, and in those communities, inevitably, there's a lot of business podcasters. And I just realized that there's a business podcasting portion of the industry. It's a large portion of the industry. And I realized that they are there, realized that hobby podcasters are generally over here. The two mix and match. There can be a little bit of disagreement, a little bit of differencing of opinions, but for the most part, Everybody can get along, but for the marketers, they really want to know the specifics. They want to know demographics. They want to know time of day. They want to know location. They want to know all this stuff. They want to know if one episode is outperforming the other in the first six hours. They want to know if they've been found anywhere and if they have uh, if if they have a spike of of a hundred percent of their listeners over the course of an episode. That would be huge for anybody. But they really want to dig into why why is that? Were they in a newsletter? Were they highlighted in some award show where they best of like there's a lot of best ofs going on right now in like pocket casts and uh apple podcasts and spotify right now over the year in terms of we're, we're the best podcasts on their platform okay you know that that's cool to get on one of those lists it's never been a goal of mine it'd right. be cool i right. have never been looking for a podcast award it would be cool to win one but i'm never like looking for it and Maybe that's the point that you have to be looking for one in order to win. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, stats for me is not a huge issue. Yes, I paid attention. When I first podcasted, I did what every new podcaster does. Every hour you log in, you're like, oh, 
another person listened. Yep. Yep. Oh, my mom must have told somebody, <laughs> you know, something like that. But uh, now it's like I, I upload my show once a week. And when I'm in there anyway, I'll take a look at the stats. I'll take a look at the trends just for the course of five or 10 minutes. And then I'll move on because it's not really going to affect what I do throughout the week. Yeah. So like every other week, whenever I post the episode to go out to the masses or to the two people that listen, I go and look at the stats. Apparently in the last month or so, couple months, we've been trending in Saudi Arabia. Oh, I nice. don't know why. It's not like our show really caters to a Saudi Arabian audience. I yeah, I, I'm not sure. You could have been highlighted in a Saudi Arabia publication. Uh, it could be a bunch of military people over there, and they're like one okay. person shares the podcast and military unit. I can see, maybe yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, there is a reduced American presence in the Middle East, but there's still a presence, and there's still a presence from other countries. So yeah. Yeah, so maybe, but that that was just really odd to me to see that all of a sudden pop up in my stats and looking at that going, why? Right. So I'll just end with this question for you, Jason. Do you have any future plans for your show? Are you just going to keep things going as normal? I'll keep it going for, for now. Uh, we don't, we don't really have any, any changes coming up or any, any new plans for, for any shows or any new shows or anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. You're not planning on um, doing something bad to Rob? Oh, I'm always planning to do something bad to Rob. I'm glad we have that recorded now. Rob, I'm looking out <laughs> for you, man. <laughs> Just joking. All right. Well, thank you very much for spending the last hour or so with me. I know we delved into some serious topics, so thank you very much for being open with us. Hey, no. Thanks for having me. All right. And if anybody wants to check out this wonderful podcast called Smoking and Drinking in Space or its companion, Smoking and Drinking in Capes, where can they go? Well, they can go to uh, smokinganddrinkinginspace.com for SATIS or smokinganddrinkingincapes.com for SATIC or the uh, gunageek.com. You can find both of them. All right. Well, we will look for you there. Thank you very much for being on tonight. Thanks. Appreciate it. And thank you, listener, for spending time with Jason and me over the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe to the Better Podcasting YouTube channel and like the video and ding that bell. Or so the YouTubers tell me. I really haven't learned what all that means, but I think it's important. Or more appropriately, if you are listening to the audio version, give Better Podcasting Chats with SP a follow on your podcatcher app. And Stephen and I would greatly appreciate it. Now, tomorrow night, Stephen and I normally record a show on Wednesday nights, but he is still recovering with his voice. So we will be off for a week with the Better Podcasting main show. That's an announcement I'm making right now. We will return the following week with two shows, hopefully, if both of our voices will allow it. And one of those will be our annual gear episode. So looking forward to that. Now, for this show, Better Podcasting Chats with SP, next week, I will be reconnecting with Smoke to Smoke podcast, Miss Cadabra, as she returns to discuss a few topics we left on the table when she came on the podcast last time, and to give you an update on her SEO journey. Because as we podcasted last time, she learned what SEO is. I gave her some pointers, showed her some places, and she implemented some of that. We're looking forward to hearing what improvements that she's made since the last time. In the meantime, please join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And both Stephen and I will be there every day, and Jason is there every other day as time allows. We'll see you all next time.